This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello again, everyone. I have such happy news to share with all of you. Our sweet puppy, Lola, arrived last week, and we are completely in love with our new fur baby. She has already brought incredible joy into our lives, and it happened as soon as she showed up on our front lawn. Lola is smart, adorable, funny, and confident. The look she gives me when I walk through the door, coming home from work, is something I can't even explain. It's really magical. And how we got her is pretty awesome, too. As you may have heard, my friend and co-worker, Guy Benson, was the one that introduced me to the Bedlington Terrier breed because he has one in his family named Roy. And through his connections, I was led to Lori Friesen of Glorious Bedlington Terriers. She's a breeder, trainer, and owner of many of these beautiful dogs. And Lori is an expert in raising and showing them in dog shows across the country, including at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. She sat down with me in my living room with Lola and told me about her life, her career, and how she fell in love with these sweet, unique, beautiful dogs. Okay, I don't even know where to start, Lori. I am, I don't know if I've even prepared myself for how well this has gone, like to have her come into our lives and so quickly realize where has she been all our life is quite amazing. So I have to thank you for that. Oh, you're certainly welcome. It's amazing too to find great owners with loving families that are overwhelmed by the breed and their new puppy. And I couldn't be more thrilled. Tell me about this breed because, um, you know, for the audience that doesn't know, Guy Benson is the one that introduced me to this breed. And we've always wanted a dog, talked about having a dog. I grew up with dogs. My husband grew up with dogs. But I think we had to wait till the kids were at an age where they could sort of, you know, have their share of responsibility. So it was this perfect moment where Guy told us about his dog, Roy, and checked all the boxes of what we were looking for in a pet. So what is it about the Bedlington Terrier that has just it's been so great for our family? Well, they're extremely unique breed and not very common at all. So to have somebody like, you know, Guy own a Bedlington and recommend him from the perspective of a pet owner is a little bit different than, say, talking to a breeder like me that would give you a little bit different information. So Bedlingtons are unique in so many ways. And I think, um, you know, Guy hit on a lot of those points when he was explaining the breed to you. They're small, they're non-shedding, they can be hypoallergenic for a lot of people, they make good house dogs as well as apartment dogs they're extremely intelligent and trainable which is a little bit different aspect than most terrier breeds so you know they the bedlington can basically just you know sell themselves to the right family 
we don't really have to do a lot. And when you were looking for, you know, all of the right things for a family dog and, you know, you said your checklist just, you know, was the Bedlington Terrier, Mm -hmm. then your next job was to, you know, find somebody who had puppies. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we like to kind of say, you know, the Bedlingtons are a really good kept secret. Yeah. And... Well, now they're not really a secret. <laughs> right, now they're out there and everybody knows. Right. But this is good for us, too, because this is a way for us, because we love this breed. This breed has been around, you know, basically since um, the late 1800s. And we we need to keep this breed alive. And we need to preserve it and perpetuate it. And so this is how we go about that, mm-hmm. is finding good family pet homes. Um, then if we get lucky, the owners might be interested in showing and learning more about the breed and you know I love the fact that you have two young boys that are you know growing up with a Bedlington and hopefully when they're adults and they have their own families and they're like our family's getting a Bedlington and this is how we keep going and you've owned one for like 30, well, you started owning a Bedlington 30 years ago. Yes. My first Bedlington was a rescue, and I got him about 1990 when I was a college student in Chicago. And I grew up with terriers, so, you know, finding this Bedlington was not, you know, I just knew. I mean, this was the terrier I was going to own and have. And so he just became a huge part of my life and was with me through everything, through my transition from Chicago and then back to Iowa, where I was born and raised, and through then college at Iowa State University, and then he was with me when I got married and you know met my husband and got married, um, and then you know finally it was time to say goodbye to him because heaven was calling, and we um, I had prepared myself you know doing my research on different breeders and and found a wonderful breeder and mentor and i'd like to mention her name is sandy miles from georgia and um you know to this day she's still my very best friend and i after 30 some years i'm still learning from her but about 2008 is when she said you know you've learned enough it's time for you to be a breeder and so i took it upon myself to to breed my first litter and what was that like that was very exciting it was very exciting um i have a you know um a background in veterinary medicine so understanding the whole process of breeding and then whelping a litter um was pretty natural i knew i knew what to do but to be there in the moment for the first time when you know you're the dog you love and have raised is now you know creating a life and you're there with her through the whole thing and you know, out comes that first little baby into your hands. And just to watch her motherly instincts take over too, it's really fascinating. It's it's a beautiful moment. I feel so lucky because I don't know that there's a lot of people like you out there, Lori, who when someone expresses interest in a puppy, you really take them, you hold their hand through the whole process. What I loved is you were sending me pictures and videos and information. Uh, and then you offered, you know, to come out with the puppy and kind of hold our hands through the, the process of owning something brand new. Yes. Well, it's extremely important to me when I make a decision to place a puppy with the right family that that's not the end of our relationship, you know, that I am there for them 
throughout the whole process and basically throughout the dog's life. You know, anytime somebody has questions or concerns, I am available 24 seven. I always tell people, call me, text me, whatever you need to do to get a hold of me. Um, because I want to make sure that the family is well prepared, especially a new family, because this is your first dog. It's not only your first Bedlington, it's your first dog. So there was a lot of things that, you know, I would, I was able to teach you and tell you over these, you know, past few days that you had, you know, you didn't know. And, um, you know, it's also important to me, too, because this, you know, special puppy has been in my life for several months now. And so I care deeply about it as well. And I want to make sure that, you know, for her benefit, you know, she's getting handed off, um, you know, in good direction with the right family and they have the the knowledge and the know-how and it's, it's... it's a blessing to see, you know, just sitting here with her the, you know, past few days and watching her bond to you guys and fall in love with you and know that this is her home. Yeah, it it makes it really special. It really is. And I, you know, I talk about we were so scared to bring, you know, a puppy into our life. I think, you know, just having a loss of a family member, two family members within the last couple of years, it's almost like you're afraid to love again. You're afraid to be vulnerable. So, you know, for us, all of the, you know, our boys have talked about it, like, we're scared, mom, you know, are we going to be okay? We don't ever want to hurt her. It's just, it's such a, psychologically, it's, you know, it's tough, but then she came right into our life and we immediately fell in love. Right. It, it, it is a bit overwhelming, you know, having to think about it before you actually, you know, get the puppy and you, your mind kind of wanders in all sorts of different directions. And again, that's why I'm there to, you know, make sure that all your questions and concerns are answered. And, you know, there was that period of time where you guys were waiting for her, but I wanted you to get to know her and get to know her personality. So I would send a lot of photos and videos and, you know, what's Lola doing today? And, you know, then we had the countdown until she arrived. So I just hope that, you know, by the time you get her, I um, the, all of your anxieties and worries are gone and it's just, you know, natural. She's just part of your family. And, um, you know, I, I just want, you know, to reassure, you know, my new pet owners that you, there isn't really anything you can do wrong. You know, take those worries out of your mind because you're going to do just fine. You know, she's a loving puppy and you've, you know, you're meeting her needs and there's nothing, you know, nothing to worry about you've got this, you know, you've got this. <laughs> well, and I have to say, you know, when I first called you, you, you know, um, was it Apollo? Who was the other doggy that you had just given a, a given to a new family? Um, so Lou had just gone home with his new owner and I still had her other brother, Apollo, and he was going to stay with me for a few extra weeks too, until his owner could come get him. So when you had asked, you know, is it fine to keep Lola a few extra weeks till we can get her? And I said, you know, absolutely, because I had the the brother there already. But I feel like in a way, because you were thinking of maybe keeping Lola. So that's why I feel like, my goodness, you know, you were going to keep her as your own. And I feel, you know, there's so much a little little guilt there. Like maybe. I know. I know you had a little bit of a second thought and you'd even asked me, you know, well, this was the one you wanted to keep. Are you sure that you're, you know, ready to get rid of her and, and, you know, sell her to us, give her to us? And, you know, it it took a lot of, um, lot of thinking about it. 
it. And yes, absolutely. I would have loved to have kept her in, in my family and, and my future breeding program. But, you know, when I sat down and looked at it over long term, I knew that this was the best choice for her. You know, it may have not been the best choice for me, but I had to think about her. And it is the absolute best choice for her that she has her own loving family and that, you know, I can follow her through you guys and and know what she's up to and, and watch her grow and develop and she she deserved her own loving family and and that's fine with me we've you know so when you called yeah a lot of people i didn't even let people know she was really available because i was still thinking about keeping her for ourselves so then when you know you had contacted me at that point we had already made the decision and so it was like pretty much a yes <laughs> yes on that end for us and we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. There are so many different breeds. I mean, you also have shown Bedlington Terriers in, uh, you know, in, in competitions. What is it about this breed that, you know, makes it a show dog? Well, that's sort of a tough question because making a show dog um, requires a lot of commitment and training and conditioning. And, you know, you really have to be in it 100%. It's a wonderful hobby for me. I absolutely love it. And to me, it's a a testament as a breeder that I walk into a show ring and the judge points to me for, you know, best to breed or best terrier or even best in show because then I know that I have done my job as a breeder and followed the AKC written standard and, you know, produced healthy, beautiful, wonderful, you know, Bedlington Terriers. Mm-hmm. And there is a standard. I mean, you really, you know, make sure that she is either there's a, like an illness that these dogs can potentially get. Um, you know, she's had all of her, you know, shots. You make sure that, you know, she is traceable. Um, so there's a lot of responsibility that goes into this. Yeah. So we uh, follow the AKC written standard for the Bedlington Terrier, and that's our blueprint. And that tells us, you know, basically, you know, the head, the eyes, the nose, the body, the the gait, the movement, all of that tells us what the bedling, the perfect Bedlington should be. And so that's our goal. And then on the other end of that, we want to make sure that they also have, you know, the right temperament and that they're healthy. So we not only health test the parents before we do a planned breeding, we will also health test the puppies when they're born, you know, so we can make sure that everything we had planned for worked out. And yeah, so she's had, you know, we have her eyes checked and her knees and her heart and make sure all of that is um, she's a okay before we, uh, you know, she goes into her new home. And again, yeah, you start with the vaccines. You make sure that they're up to date on all their vaccinations. And yeah, that's just what we do as breeders. We put a lot of time and, and effort into into all of this. Yep. 
And she's an interesting looking dog. She, you know, she's part of the terrier family. But when Guy showed me a picture of Roy, his dog, I thought, oh, my goodness, that is a very interesting looking dog. Yeah, we kind of can categorize people into two groups. The ones that think that they're extremely interesting and the coolest things they've ever seen. And then there's the other people that think, oh my God, that's the ugliest dog I've ever seen. (laughs) Of course, we're in the group that thinks they're the coolest, most beautiful things we've ever seen. But they are extremely unique, especially for, you know, being a terrier breed. They really do not look like other terriers. You know, their heads are shaped a little different. Their ears are triangular and dropped. Um, they have this rise over the loin, which, you know, is for their flexibility and speed. Most terriers have a level top line. Uh, most terriers, you know, have a shorter docked tail. Bellingtons have a long natural tail and a scimitar shape. Um, Bellington terriers are not what we call a four square stacked terrier. Their front feet should come together down to the ground and have almost a upside-down horseshoe-shaped front. Um, They're well-angulated. They have long necks and very, very strong jaws for hunting. I have to tell you, when Sean, my husband, when we were talking about Lola or the potential of Lola, he did a lot of research, and part of his research saw this breed loving to uh, hunt rats. Yes, that is something that is instinctive to the breed. And there's not much you can do about it. They do love to hunt. Um, Lola's mother is a natural born hunter, and is often going after the chipmunks that run through our yard. Um, But yes, and there is actually organized rat hunting (laughs) in lower Manhattan. Shout out to the group Rats and to the founder, Richard Reynolds, who also owns a Bedlington Terrier. Um, There is an AKC-sanctioned event called Barn Hunt and also um, an Earth Dog competition where the the Bedlingtons are tested on their natural instincts to hunt and locate rats. And so that's a lot of fun for the dogs to get out and experience that. So... Yeah, if you have any mice or rats around your house. (laughs) And the way they're cut, it's to help them do that job. Well, yeah, the trim is very unique on the Bedlington, starting with that, you know, full top knot or mohawk over the top of the head. Um, They do have a very distinct soft non-shedding coat that we kind of describe feels like dryer lint. But as far as the trim, we wish we knew why it was trimmed that way. And the best case scenario is just something that, you know, deductive reasoning. Why were they trimmed this way? Why did the the founders and the ones that use them for hunting trim this way? Well, the Bedlington is, uh, was bred to course the top of the ground and, you know, chase the quarry. And then also to be able to go right down into the quarry's den under the ground. So we assume that that long, you know, hair over the top of the face will cover or hood the eyes from dirt and debris as it goes under the ground. Um, The shaving just sort of means, you know, it was easier for them to clean up the dog after, you know, the dog would shake the quarry 
and you know things would come out <laughs> little rats. yeah the rats little little blood little little debris, little debris. Yeah. Uh, clean that up better so just keep that hair short all around the face and the lower jaw we think that the tassels on the ears were meant to be sort of false tips so if a rat fox or badger was you know going after the tip of the ear it would grab a mouthful of hair rather than the the skin of the the tip what makes it hypoallergenic well just the just the fact that the hair is a non-shedding kind of coat which means then they have a very low dander which is what most people are allergic to is the dander of the dogs and so it's more like um, a human type hair will it grows and so then on the downside is you do have to get them groomed on a regular basis and trim them. Otherwise, they just get you know longer and fuller. So if Sean were to take Lola ratting, would, how would, I mean, would she just have a natural instinct to do that? Well, you just never know. She could. She could just, you know, her little instinct light bulb could click on and she could just want to join and chase and, you know, grab a live rat and give it a good shake and then yay for Lola you know she's a true Bedlington Terrier um she may just kind of hang back and watch the other dogs do it and learn from them so you just you just never know but you gotta try it it's wonderful it's a lot of fun now for potential dog owners out there like like I said, we've always talked about a dog. We wanted to make sure that the boys were at an age that they could take care of a dog, be able to walk it, that kind of thing. What do you look for? What is the best case scenario for a family? Well, you do have to sort of assess what you're looking for. Some people like large dogs and some people like small dogs. You know, do you live in a place that's an apartment type setting where a smaller dog might be um, your better choice? Or do you live on a sprawling ranch uh, where a large dog would be your better choice? You know, what what is it that you ultimately want out of a family pet? You know, is it something where you need a working dog because you have like a working farm or a working ranch? Or do you just like a companion that's going to curl up next to you and on a blanket or a sofa or, you know, snuggle with you in bed at night. So you just have to try to figure out what you're looking for. And then, again, other people might consider the, the shedding aspect. Mm-hmm. Do you want a non-shedding breed or do you, you know, care about that so much? And um, how much activity the family has? You know, are you a very active family? Well, if you're a very active family, you might not want, you know, like a little toy breed that's better off you know sitting sitting still you know you can't really go say running or jogging with a chihuahua Mm -hmm. you know something like a whippet or a long-legged terrier or sporting dog Mm -hmm. you know would be better for that kind of activity Mm -hmm. so you just need to need to figure out yeah do your homework absolutely and talk to other dog owners that you're thinking about adopting or, or owning Right, and that was what was best about you talking to Guy about his Bedlington Roy, because like I said, he could give you what it's like to be a homeowner with a Bedlington Terrier, and he can tell you the the good, the bad, the ugly, and really there is no bad or ugly when you own a Bedlington. It's all good. (laughs) 
So you do all. You have bred dogs. You've also trained them and you've shown them. What do you have a favorite of all those three? Well, I really like to show. I like the competition. That's that's my hobby. And, and I do absolutely love breeding. I do. But um, if I had to pick one, um, I would like to, you know, show be out every weekend competing trying to top rank your dog and Mm -hmm. and and achieving your personal best Mm -hmm. you know everybody has different goals you know so you set your goals and you try to achieve them the best you can and but on the side of that is it is absolutely extremely fulfilling to be doing it with a dog that you bred yourself Mm -hmm. and that you raised Mm -hmm. from day one Mm -hmm. and you have that special bond and relationship and you really do become a team with team partners you're absolutely team partners with your with your one show dog. And a great community too. You've talked about this community that you're part of that you know you're you're good friends with these people and you know there is something about dogs the, the news is terrible, you know, we're always we're bombarded with political stuff, but dogs bring us together. They absolutely do bring us together. And the dog show community is wonderful. I think we're one of the most diverse accepting communities that's out there. You know, we all love each other because we all love different breeds and we just accept everybody and every dog and every breed for what it is. Life should be like that. If we could only mirror that in life. (laughs) Lori, if people want to learn more about the Bedlington Terrier, how can they do that? Well, there are two really good resources. Of course, go to um, the American Kennel Club or akc.org and type in Bedlington Terrier and it'll tell you all you need to know there. The second place is the parent club or national club under the American Kennel Club called the um, Bedlington Terrier Club of America. And we also have our own website and you can learn a lot there. And um, if you get the opportunity, the American Kennel Club sponsors events throughout the country called Meet the Breeds. Mm -hmm. And we try to fulfill our our breed booth with Bedlington Terriers where you can come and get your hands on the Bedlington Terrier, meet it in person, talk to people who are owners and breeders and, you know, really get to know the breed itself hands on. Now, if a meet the breeds event isn't near you, you can always look for just local dog shows Mm -hmm. because we have dog shows throughout this country every weekend in some city some state so find the one that's closest to you and look up and see if there's going to be bedlington terriers there because when i'm not you know in the ring competing you know i'm usually just you know sitting in the in the grooming area with my dog relaxing and answering a lot of questions about bedlingtons with you know people who are curious and want to see one in person and I just never can turn around, turn away a family, uh, especially with children. I mean, if they want to meet my dog, I don't care if I'm about ready to walk into Best in Show. If they want to stop and pet my dog, I let them pet my dog. Because that is important to me. Yeah. That is really important to me. So if I've done my job right, it just takes a little flick of the comb and I can fluff my dog back up and then go win Best in Show. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. So... Lola could be a showgirl if we wanted her to be. What is it like and what kind of commitment do you have to have to be a show dog? Well, 
after you, you know, breed your litter and evaluate your litter and pick which ones you think have the best qualities for the breed standard and also the best temperament to become a show dog, then you start uh, working with them and training them. And uh, AKC now has a program where you can actually start your puppies in a four to six puppy competition. And that's sort of intro into showing. And that's great because that sort of tells you which dogs, you know, really love it and which dogs think that, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. And then the more serious competition starts at the age of six months. That's when you can actually start to compete for points towards their championship. So if Lola was to become a show dog, we might want to enter her in the four to six puppy competition, see how well she likes it. And then once she turns six months, if she thinks this is a blast, then we would start competing uh, regularly for points. And once she would achieve enough points and become a champion, then she would be eligible to enter Westminster. Oh, my gosh. But that is a it's a commitment. Yeah, it truly is a commitment. Um, With Bedlington Terriers being a low entry breed or a rare breed, the points are a little bit more difficult to find. So you have to travel a lot or, you know, build points with your other Bedlington friends at certain locations and all kind of work together because they're going to have young dogs too that also need points towards their championship. And um, on the um, offside when you're not showing, there's always, you know, things to be doing during the week, which is, you know, continuing to brush, comb, groom, nutrition is extremely important, you know, always making sure that their nails are short. And, you know, so you do all that conditioning in between shows. So it is it is a commitment. Yeah. Why do you love doing it so much? Well, I think because it's, um, you know, the, the puppy is something, you know, I have planned for as far as a breeding, you know, I plan the breeding, I've thought it out. And once the puppy is here and I evaluate the litter and I pick which one's, you know, going to be my mess, my next superstar, it's just, it's extremely fulfilling to do that from start to finish. And then to have, um, this, you know, great relationship with the puppy that you pick to be, um, your next, you know, champion and to go into the ring every weekend with, them. and to show them and they're having fun and you're having fun, win or lose. You always walk out of the ring with the best dog. That's our motto. <laughs> and it's just, it's great teamwork. And it's just fulfilling to see something that you've produced and that you've been able to do well with. And the dogs love it too. They actually do. And I think a lot of people who don't understand dog shows don't understand that they really do love it. They live for it. My retired special, who I just retired this year, you know, he used to come and get me in the morning on show days and be like, hey, when is it my turn to get into the bathtub? And when is it my turn to get groomed and fluffed up and pretty? And when are we going? And I mean, even if he saw me starting to load the car, he knew we were going to go to a show and he would get all excited. A lot of times he would jump in the car and be waiting for me, you know, to finish loading. So you can't tell me that he didn't love it. (laughs) Now, tell me about the grooming, because what I didn't realize is you do the grooming yourself. Is that normal that, uh, you know, a breeder, a trainer, a, sh- a person who shows dogs does the uh, the grooming as well? Um, yeah, it's pretty normal in Bedlington Terriers. Um, I'm considered a breeder, owner, handler, and I 
learned to do the grooming, mostly because I didn't have, you know, anybody else to rely on. So if I wanted to show dogs, I needed to learn how to do the trim. And over the years, you just, you know, your skill set gets better and better at it. And you learn from your mentors and you observe, you know, how other people are, are grooming their dogs and you can pick up tips. So I would say at Bedlington's, yeah, most of us are doing all of the grooming them ourselves. How long does it take to get him or her really pretty? Well, there's always the grooming that we do during the week. Um, then let's say on a show day, I would say on average it takes two two and a half hours before we walk into the ring for two minutes <laughs> and, i mean does the does the time go fast how does the dog react to the grooming oh they don't mind it at all they're used to it they don't mind standing on the table and i call it getting fluffed and puffed and yeah. my husband always jokes that you know it takes two hours to make the dog look natural <laughs> <laughs> but it's they don't mind it at all yeah. they're used to it and we took Lola to a dog park uh and you know we had a lot of fun there were a lot of breeds there you know all of the breeds I mean obviously you specialize in Bedlington Terriers but I guess you have to know what the competition is like too oh yeah because um when you're at a dog show you know everybody has a different breed we're you know the most diverse group of people with the most diverse group of dogs and you know so you get to know the other breeds and there's some fascinating breeds out there and if i wasn't so into bedlington terriers i would open my home to other other breeds that i really like so yeah it's it's kind of just you know you like to learn about I love to learn about other breeds and, and study other breed standards. And when I'm not in the ring, I often will go and watch other breed competitions to learn about other breeds. Do you feel like this was your calling? I know you started off as an artist. You start, you know, that's what you were going to do for a profession. And you, your journey led you here. I mean, is this what you were meant to do? I guess so. I mean, I just kind of always like, you know, God leads the way. And this is what he did. He put a Bedlington Terrier in my life in the early 90s. And it just escalated from there. I mean, my second dog, um, I got from a wonderful show breeder. And I had no aspirations to show. But she looked at him and said, you need to enter him in a show. And I kind of said, okay, I'll try that. Yeah. And then one thing led to another. And, you know, here I am today. So, I mean, I would not change it. I would not change my course for anything. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. What's it like going to what, the Westminster Dog Show? It's very exciting. I mean, that's considered, you know, one of the premier shows of the year. We all look forward to it. We all have aspirations to get there, um, to either get your dog invited or to enter and get accepted. Um, so it's just one of those thrilling shows that you, it's just uncomparable kind of to other shows. Yeah. It's magnificent. Oh. Yeah. Win or lose, it's just a thrill to be there and yeah. to be competing you know, on the green carpet with the best of the best. And I, I, it's almost hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any memories of a show, a specific show that you like 
you will kind of go back on if someone says if you have any specific memories of something that happened that you were really proud of or that was very funny that you know that you think about when you think about some of the dog show experiences yeah I guess um when I've won um best in specialty shows which is basically a best in show for your particular breed those moments are incredible because I I won my first one very early on with my um, second show dog and I didn't know at the time what really what was going on so my mentor was sort of you know helping me while she was also in the ring showing you know her female and I had you know done my my part with the judge and I had come around and my mentor says he's still looking at her keep showing keep showing and so I did. I pulled her into a beautiful free stack and watched the judge until he had turned his back and said, okay, thank you. And um, when it came down to the end of the line, we had made the cut. And so he had started to pull all his dogs um, from the cut. And, and I, we always assume that the first dog he pull, uh, pulls is the winner. So he started pulling the dogs and pulling the dogs and pulling the dogs and lining them all up. And I was still standing there with by myself with my little female dog. And I kind of just looked down at her and said, oh, but you did so good today. I'm still very, very proud of you, even though we're not going to win. We're not going to get a ribbon. And then he said, looked over and said, you go to the head of the line. And I lost it. I almost, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't walk. And I thought, oh my God, oh my God. And so he put me to the head of the line and he pointed to me and my little dog and said, best of breed. And tears were flowing at that moment. I don't even remember much after that. And Bedlington Terriers have been best in show before. Yes, we've had um, best in show at Westminster with Rockridge Night Rocket. And that dog also went uh, best in show at the famous Morrison Essex Kennel Club twice. And I've gotten best in show on two of my uh, bred by Bedlingtons and a reserve best in show on one of them. So, yeah, that's the goal is, is to, you know, make it to the to the best in show ring. Yeah. And the thing that I take away from it. <clears throat> is it's awareness about these dogs more than anything. It's like you watch the program. It's so entertaining. You get into it. Um, you love to watch these dogs. But it's like, wow, maybe that dog could be a dog for me. Yeah, so uh, dog shows are supposed to be an evaluation of breed type. And because all these breeds were bred for a purpose at one time. Do we still use those dogs for that purpose? Not so much anymore. But should they still be able to? I believe so. You know, I believe that the Bedlington Terrier should still be able to hunt and have hunt instincts. So yeah, this is what we do is to, you know, evaluate the dogs and, you know, pick which ones are the best. And so then for the general public to see all of these different purebred dogs, and then to learn about their purpose, and what they were bred to do. um, That's, you know, how we bring awareness, and how we keep the the all the different breeds going and owners being fascinated with them and owners going like oh my gosh that's the perfect breed for me Mm -hmm. so 
I'm so happy to be an ambassador for the Bedlington Terrier. Yes, well, we're happy to have you in the Bedlington Terrier family. We absolutely. And the one thing I've learned is if you're taking Lola for a walk, people will stop you and say, what kind of dog is that? All the time. Forever from now on, you will be asked, what kind of dog is that? Thank you, Lori, for sharing your career and love of Bedlington Terriers and for also bringing sweet Lola into our lives. We are forever grateful. I'm also happy to say that Lola made the Doggy Deans list. If you want to check out pictures of Lola, there's lots of them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you have someone or something you want to nominate for the Deans list, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. <laughs>